Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. The following is excerpted from Dharma Dialogues held in July 2017 in Lenox Head, Australia. It's called Living with Physical Pain. I want to also let you know that I'll be launching Dharma Dialogues live online sessions in January, and we'll schedule those at various time zones to accommodate you anywhere you are in the world. Last Sunday, we had a retreat in Melbourne, and uh, there was some discussion about the use of discipline. Some people had some resistance to the whole notion, understandably. And I was reflecting on that just now, um, just kind of wove through this uh, space here. I spoke that day about how, in my own case, I could apply discipline to things that I found very interesting, right? I could be very disciplined and very focused and put in the time and effort needed for any number of things that I found fascinating. But in my own case... I always had a very rebellious mind about things that I didn't find interesting or fascinating. And it was amazing how, like through lots of school years and and in certain circumstances since, how I could read a page and my mind just wasn't there. I mean, my my eyes would be scanning the the words. And we know we've all had these experiences. But my mind would just flee somewhere else. In a similar way, and by the way, I considered that a kind of protection in a sense. Um, I, I really relied a lot on my own curiosity and, and interest to let me know what was pertinent. So I didn't, I didn't mind being, having a mind that was undisciplined about things that I found to be just junk, you know, (laughs) completely not pertinent. So in a similar way, I notice that my attention has come to, in a way, refuse to stay on nonsense and sort of unnecessary um, troubling Thoughts, it just won't stay. It it comes, it sets itself back to what it is interested in and what it is most comfortable in, what is most pleasant for it. It's just a very simple formula of habit, such that you begin to realize there's certain, and we each know in our own case, there are certain mind patterns, streams of thought that we're pretty sure are going to lead to feeling troubled, feeling upset, right? Feeling anxious and all the usual. And there are other ways of reflecting and perceiving that calm you down. And it's quite possible to develop this strong habit. So that in a way the discipline is not really a hardship. 
<clears throat> it's not something like usually is associated with the word discipline, but rather in the purest sense, as someone pointed out last weekend, it actually means to learn. The root, the Latin root comes from learning or being a disciple of. So being a disciple of a certain type of attention that you find most relaxing, most peaceful, most loving, most kind, most clear. And no longer being a disciple of a lot of neurotic, troubling thought. And that doesn't mean trouble doesn't come in looking for us in life, and it does. There are times when something troubling is happening, and there is naturally thinking about it. So I'm not necessarily saying that one is free of ever having to think of trouble, troubling thoughts, but rather in the, in the way that your attention is mostly being used, for the most part, one can start to become a great ardent disciple <laughs> of this sort of sweetness of being. And that's very simple, as almost everyone in this room has heard me say many, many times, and have you've heard it yourselves in your various studies. It's allowing yourself to just use your attention, feel into beingness, being present, right? feeling grateful, all the usual open secrets of happiness. Okay, so anyone would like to discuss anything on such matters, please feel free. What about things in the body which kind of disturb one and one does not want to focus on? Any kind of discomfort or pain in the body that's going on? Um, somehow... I don't, I'm not, I am interested in it, but I don't like it, but I can't, and I'd rather not focus on it. I'd rather be gentle with myself or gentle with the, the discomfort or pain. Right. Uh, but there's no way you can not focus on it somehow when it's physical. Yeah. Um, so how does that fit somehow with that? Well, like in my own case with some some chronic pain that I have, um, there are times when it does grab a lot of the attention just because it's acute at certain moments or little phases. And, uh, and then it, it's just there. What happens for me, though, is I don't have a big fight about the fact that it's there. Do you know what I mean? I don't... I don't yes, I don't, yes. I just let it be. And, and, and like you, I basically... Mm. Uh, try to move my attention into a bigger space or into noticing other things in addition to the pain. Um, I don't have a demand that I have to take my intention 
entirely off of it because if it's physically demanding, the attention, some portion of the attention might be on it. You know, so I, don't, I just don't have a fight about that fact. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I think people live with extremely acute pain and they have to find a way to live with it, right? Mm. Um, my across-the-street neighbor, who's a big wave surfer, told me a story recently. Um, he was telling me about various uh, times of his, of his... I was asking him, you know, what are some of the biggest waves you've been on and where and so on. And so he was telling me that... I said, have you ever been hurt? Because he's, you know, does very dangerous extreme sport um, in that regard. And I said, have you ever been hurt? And he said, yes, I got my back broken. <laughs> and I said, you know, had that happen? So he was on a 20-foot wave, 20-foot wave. He fell off the top of it, fell flat down off the 20-foot onto his board, and then the wave crashed onto onto him and the board. So his back got broken. Um, he managed to get to shore, though, and but then he was basically more or less paralyzed for a while. He had to be... He was in Tahiti and had to be air-vacked to somewhere and then to Los Angeles where he didn't really know anyone, but it was just where he ended up and was there for six weeks, I think he said, or something. Anyway, it just went on and on. Rehab, therapy, years of this, you know, and now has chronic back pain. Um, yet, you know, I can tell that he's living his life. He even still surfs. <laughs> Another one of my friends um, who I met in Lucknow many years ago, um, she... Uh, she also was in a car accident and broke her back and then had has had since then many, many, many years it's been uh, chronic pain. And for the pr- first round of that, the first phase of that, it was just hospitals, hospitals and physical therapy and bed, bed rest and so on, just basically an invalid life. Um, but ever since, she's had to live with very intense chronic pain. And I think I might have told this story recently. I don't know if you heard it. But what's amazing about her is she's extremely radiant. Like, unusually so. Like radiant. And has the kind of brightness to her being. You would never know that she was in pain. And I've talked to her about it a lot over the years. And she said, at some point, I had to just keep living my life. You know, I had to just, so it's, it's somehow, you know, you've heard me talk about coexisting awareness, that the awareness has the capacity to be tracking several things at once, right? Coexisting awareness. So sometimes the awareness is, is tracking pain. It's there or pain is demanding attention. And yet you're also living your life. You're cooking your meal, you're talking to a friend, you're watching a movie, you're walking, you know, and you just get on with it, (laughs) you know. So what will really be troubling is a sense that, like, 
um, you know, I want to, I've got to figure out a way. This is driving me crazy. I've got to figure out a way. Why is this happening? Let me get rid of it, etc. Now, fair enough to do whatever you can to alleviate pain, right? But these bodies have tremendous capacity for pain. (laughs) You know, you just hang around long enough and you will be being visited by pain. And so, you know, to really uh, make some kind of peace with that process, not to not to deny your capacity to also try to heal some things and keep limber in whatever ways one might, etc. But, um, you know, but if, it's, if, if that isn't alleviating it, then this internal also, okay, you know, here's, here's pain as part of the, the new the life. Another torment people have is the whole sort of why did I bring this on story, right? And that's another, in my view, ridiculous torment. (laughs) Um, You know, I have problems with my feet. um, And I've had... um, you know, it's increasing over the years, the pain of, of, of my feet problem. And it turns out, I have seen lots of, you know, experts and doctors over the years. It's been 15 years of this. Um, it turns out that walking on hardwood floors barefoot is not good for your feet. And I had always walked, all my houses have hardwood floors over the years, and I'd always thought it was really good to walk on, to walk barefoot, but it turns out it's only good on earth and on sand, (laughs) right? It's not good on hard surfaces, very bad for your feet. Okay, so, you know, in a sense, my not knowing that obviously contributed to this, this, this ailment that I have, right? Now, if I were to take that on as, oh, God, you know, I did this to myself. <laughs> you, know? you know, if only I had not been so stupid and if I had only researched that whole idea a little bit more. And, you know, I could, I could make a story about how this happened and why and why did I bring this on and blah. You know, I don't bother with any of that. I just deal with the situation at hand or at foot. <laughs> I just do my best to protect my feet and, right, you know, just... So, so many things like that whereby we self-flagellate, you know, and whereby you know that going down that road is just going to cause stress. I just want to ask a question about... um, is it just a concept or is there something in this that, something that you said that, that kind of sparked a, somehow the belief or the concept that I carry, which is, well, I had to go through all these things mm-hmm. to arrive here. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe that's true, and for me too, but... Well, for everyone. Yeah. But I'm just wondering... But see, not... The thing is that I've met so many people who didn't really go through anything particularly. They just kind of... um, They heard... They heard these kinds of teachings or pointing pointing out, and uh, it just made sense to them at a young age. So it's just the luck of the draw and conditioning and where one is in a moment of history. I was actually speaking of kind of the journeys of our lives. Yes. Whatever choices yes. or... Um, you know, taking yes. a right turn instead of a left turn yes. in life or um, diving into some kind of learning or not or things yeah. that come from the outside, obstacles or crises or deaths or loss. Yes, I, um, yeah, for sure. You know, somewhere there's, you know, and of course the whole childhood thing, oh, you're a much better person for having gone through, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Some is, you know, am I making a concept out of it? I mean, I, I'm just kind of questioning it right now. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, certainly the reflection on one's journey um, can have can have a lot of insight. You know, just when you see where where your journey has taken you. And how it's unfolded and uh, so on. I, I wouldn't think that there would be any necessity to do a lot of if only or this, all that kind of stuff, you know, about if I'd taken that different turn than I did. And, you know, you'll, you can never know how it would have played out, you know. And so, yeah. One ends up where you are sitting in this spot. And I always recommend, I always recommend um, really letting it be a mystery, like, like letting your life and the journey of it and the way it all unfolded just to kind of surrender to the mysterious way, unfoldings of life and of... Without that story of I needed to go through all yeah, that. Yeah, oh, to def- no. Yeah, to this fabulous place or age now or I, uh, Totally. Now, yes, absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would definitely let that part go, you know. <laughs> That's my recommendation. I just, I just let it be a mystery and don't have a lot of rumination about it. In fact, I mean, that's another clue. I don't have a lot of rumination about my life anymore. I used to when I was younger. I used to um, definitely, you know, there was a lot more interest in my own selfhood, <laughs> right? Just the historical character of Catherine. You know, I used to have this... Uh, way in which it was kind of the most fascinating thing happening (laughs) in my world. (laughs) And I think that's true for a lot of people that, that, 
their life and their life story and what they think and what their history has been and what it might have portended and what it all meant. And it's just a continual fascination, right? I don't have that fascination anymore. Um, you know, I don't really even record things in memory like I used to. I used to have a really good memory about my actual events and what I was up had you know, where I was at a certain year and what I was doing and all that, I'm noticing that I'm not really recording my life as I'm living it. You know, I sometimes say it's streaming, not downloading. You know, it's just going by and, you know, and it's, I, I, I'm not so invested in the character that I'm needing to kind of keep track of the events and remember them and go over them. I think when I was younger, I would go over in my, in, in my mind, which is actually a really um, way that me- memory gets stronger, is that you replay certain images and events in your mind a lot. And so I have a very clear record of like long ago. And it's not just because long-term memory is better than short-term memory. It's not just that. Uh, It's that I don't, I'm not self-referencing so much. So it's gotten a lot lighter. Um, So that said, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't recommend any kind of rumination about um, how it all played out and what it meant and the, anything other than the occasional observe, observation of it. I remember these workshops I used to do where we used to forgive our parents and all this kind of thing. And it was great. And you could really, but then, you know, it can come up again, you know. You can, yeah. you can not forgive your parents, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you're never quite sure. Did you finally forgive them or not? Well, you know, right, it's just like right. another experience. You know, you yes. can experience forgiving them and you can experience really hating them again or, or just feeling indifferent. You know, it's like yeah. there's no... Yes. There's nothing to hold on to, is there really? That's right. Uh, and I guess, you know, the thing that we always come back to in these kinds of conversations is the the true acceptance of your own your own self, the conditioning, the the you know, the display of you, right? Just the acceptance, the quiet acceptance. And then what comes with that is this ongoing uh, lack of self-referencing. It's sort of like the, the material arises and it's sort of like you don't care. You don't really care anymore about it. Mm. Right? Yeah. So if I, have a, if I have a mean thought or a hateful thought or whatever, I don't care. I don't see it as any failing or anything. I just couldn't care less. I just see it as material rolling through again. You know, and then it's very, very free, as we're saying. I just feel very free about this whole entire display. I take very little um, ownership of it. (laughs) 
This has been In the Deep. You can find the entire list of In the Deep podcasts at katherineingram.com, where you can also book a private session by phone or Skype and see my schedule of upcoming events. If you're a regular listener, please consider making either a one-time or a recurring tax-deductible donation in any amount that is comfortable for you. Till next time. Thank you.